Okay, thank you for tuning in to an episode of Hawaiian at Home. We hope you are doing well, and uh, we're just really, we've had a lot of fun interacting with a lot of you, so thank you so much for interacting with us on, on Instagram and our other platforms. You know, it's really great to get to know all of you and learn how how um, learning the language is going for you in your home and just know that you care about Hawaiian language. So thank you to all of you. It's been a while, so uh, we're going to jump right into our topic for today, which came to me from a conversation that I had. Uh, I hold group Zoom sessions. Uh, well, I started with a group Zoom session for moms, and then it kind of changed into one-on-one so I could really focus on and practice with that uh, particular person. So I had one this past week, and the topic kind of came up about how... So this particular mother, she had the chance to go to a Hawaiian immersion school from a very young age, and she had a really unpleasant experience when she was kind of in transition. She went to a, a English school for a while, and she was teased. She's made fun of for speaking Hawaiian and not understanding some of the things in English, as far as like school terms and and a lot of the things that other kids knew from going to school in English. So we were talking about this, and kind of what came to my mind was, well, this what what that woman must have felt is probably somewhat similar, has uh, correlation to what our kupuna felt when they were not allowed to speak the language anymore. And all of this, the talking to her and thinking about that important history, part of our history, made me think that if you want to speak Hawaiian and learn Hawaiian, you should understand the history of the language a little. It gives you perspective of why it is the way it is today, what sorts of things happen to bring us to where we are now and I know keeping in mind going forward it helps you to know like where there is sensitive what what's sensitive and um I don't know what we have to overcome as so Malu I brought in the academic (laughs) Malu's here with me to help you know the dates and timelines so we're going to just start with and do you have anything you want to say right now after that intro no keep going okay so Hawaiian language, this is based off the things I, I've heard from you, but I want you to uh, expound, was a spoken language. So maybe explain, I mean, as far as English goes, that's foreign to an English speaker, because as far as we knew, English was written and spoken. So spoken language, what oh, was that Oh, you mean like? it was an oral language. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, solely an mm-hmm. oral language. It wasn't written. Yep. Yes. Very true. So what does that, I mean, just briefly, like, what does an oral language mean? I mean, it means just that, like, it's it's not written, so I don't know if, if people are familiar with, like, uh, you know, Hawaiians were orators, they can be called that as well, right? Most, I think all Polynesian groups, I don't like using those terms, but people understand them, Polynesia, Melanesia, Micronesia, right there. There are orators and the way that they pass down um, genealogies, stories, words, all those things come straight from the generation before them and then it continues on that way so I think that's why genealogy is so important to um, Hawaiians is because that your uh, your library was your parents your grandparents um, the place that you lived all the elders and when they passed on hopefully 
you and everybody else of your generation took everything they had mm-hmm. and can take it to the next generation but and also adding new things that will come mm-hmm. from your generation so um i think with it comes a lot of skills and talents i mean they i th- i'm i i'm just guessing they could have come up with oli chanting hula a form of dance and that's those were ways physical oh, manifestations maybe of, like that. of uh maintaining knowledge like mm-hmm. that because there was no written yeah so. isn't the kumulipo isn't isn't that one yeah it's a, isn't that it's a type an, of genealogy it's kind of the origin i guess it has genealogy yeah <clears throat> it tells basically if it's like it'll tell about uh hawaiian perspective of the creation of the the earth the world and everything in it mm-hmm. from things of the sea of the earth mankind then it will go into names of um chiefly lineage mm-hmm. until the current time until yeah so I, I don't know if you know this well two questions does that mean the kumulipo is still being added on to someone i'm still... not sure okay and then the second... I, w- I wouldn't think so uh-huh second question i wouldn't I... Personally, <laughs> question I had okay. is, um, I think I can't remember it. Uh, do you think that was like typical? Not like almost everyone knew the knew the kumulipo, or do you think everyone grew up knowing? Yeah, I would believe so. Their own personal, I would being able so. to recite it because within the kumulipo is it's obviously the language is the is how it's. Um, maintained and mm-hmm. how it's carried out how it's produced so that's there you have um particular names mm-hmm. of things that are very specific to the islands um and it's it's part of the religion as well right the religion has to go into it as well so if you have if you just take like one of those things of like place names of places names of people in your own history or your own culture like most everybody will know that now the extent of which each person will know that Mm -hmm. is varied i believe Mm -hmm. but i'm sure they all knew their origin they knew the genealogies they 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 had their beliefs of how the world was created and so i would say yes but varied Mm -hmm. everybody knew about it but it was some had more deeper understanding some less was it similar i feel like the only time i've experienced this in person was when we were part of pilimai at ulupo in uh Mon-Nawili, uh-huh. or that's like monoili kind of area kailua area well specifically at ulupo ulupo right uh our friend who's from new zealand stood up oh, when we were yeah. introducing and he he was somewhat i can't remember if he actually chanted it or he just it was he spoke um it, yeah. he spoke it, it was it you think it was kind of like that like generally everyone knew sorry so what he, he spoke his genealogy of where he came from i couldn't understand it because it was in maori yeah, brief but yeah he, it's typical for uh, from my experience typical of maori who knows their language will introduce themselves their name, a brief, maybe um, more their closer relatives and ancestors, their parents, grandparents, um, wife and kids, or husband and kids, mm-hmm. and things like that. And then they go on to say that 
this is the mountain from where I'm from. This is the name of the stream there. That's really cool. And it's all, it's all tied to their place. Yeah. Their ancestry. Um, obviously the language, just like I was talking about with the Kumu people. Yeah. Which isn't, I, f- I feel like that example, I don't know how similar uh, Polynesian cultures are, but I know that in Hawaiian, there's names, they had names for specific uh, rain types rains, and wind, obviously rivers and land divisions and everything. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So changes. And, yeah. I mean, the fact, the, the likelihood probably say it's pretty likely that Hawaiians knew those things similar to oh yeah I mean if you just listen to um, native speakers that were recorded in the 70s through Kaleo Hawaii Clinton Kanahele collection or earlier from Kavena Pukui and her interviews they if if they're from Oahu and they're and they call somebody from Molokai they may know a phrase from Molokai or they may know the genealogy the, genea- the geographical location of where they're at mm-hmm. things that are specific to Molokai even though they're not from there But mm. so even they in the 70s knew yeah. and you still find a lot of native speakers today that don't know yeah. it they're a lot more in tune with their place and others yeah. throughout the islands I feel like you kind of touched on this before and then we are going to move forward with the timeline but I I feel like this is really important to note that even though Hawaiian wasn't ever a written language, I don't know if this is what you meant when you said you develop certain skills like hula and like other things. It seems like they must have had a really good memory, like For way sure. better than we do, well, not being the... able to write things down. Um, and I, I feel like I've even seen that in older generations, like my mm-hmm. grandma and older, when you ask them, they know the names of like mm-hmm. all of their friends and family and relatives and people they ever met. and. Yep their memory just seems so much greater yeah. so i i was just pointing that out that as an oral language hawaiians are real smart <laughs> we had developed skills to keep their language strong yeah. right for sure so it was an oral language to begin with until the missionaries from my understanding the missionaries came mm-hmm. so maybe you can explain a little bit of how that happened from what you've heard or read or you said speculation both, <laughs> both uh, stuff things I've read uh, things I've heard uh, my own studying of it um, if I'm not mistaken well they um, it was after Kamehameha the first passed and Kahumanu became um, the ruler essentially over all the islands I'm trying to think of those words <laughs> she became the ruler of all the islands that had been conquered by Kamehameha the first um, Kamehameha I was very much um, committed to his religion, the old religion. Um, I, from what I remember, um, when he had experience, because we were there, were, he was close. The Hawaiian Kingdom at the time was close to Britain. In fact, they were Britain. They had a British flag, you know, things like that. Um, when you look at the flag. It has the Union Jack and all those things. So you can tell that there was a connection there at some point, a relationship. So, <clears throat> um, but he was not going to convert, period. He had, he was, uh, he was a child of a, he was a child of a prophecy that was fulfilled through his own gods. So how could you get a man like that to turn on his gods that got him everything, Right. 
that's ludicrous. So it didn't happen. But how um, Kahumanu was close to um, a certain certain you know British people who were Christians. He passes, and I think about like a year later. It's pretty quick. They send for British missionaries to come to teach the chief class, the religion. But Americans show up, and they were almost not going to let them hang around. Mm. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe it was Kamehameha that let them come over. I'm forgetting now. Maybe he did. But one of them did, but Kamehameha did not convert. I'm pretty sure on that one. And that was in 1820 when the missionaries come. And it's a number of years later when they they uh, start to put together a written language to represent the oral language mm-hmm. of the islands. So about 1820 when they come, and then after, yeah. Okay, I can't remember so the year of which... It starts being a written language. Yeah. Okay, so... But within a decade, I believe. And um, the missionaries kind of lead the way in making it a written language. They're American, so English-speaking, so they mm-hmm. use the English alphabet... Yep. To they use their own alphabet, right. I should say, to write down the language of another, which is a little kind of funky. I mean, you know, use what you have. I understand that, but when you, to try and um, take a totally different language and conform it to your own, mm-hmm. you have to. You gotta change or cut out. I mean, you, you have to use what you have. You have to use what so, you have, right? Yeah. And including your own ears and, you know, your own ability to mm-hmm. speak the language. So what sorts of changes do you know of that happened when the missionaries started transcribing? Or Some of the writing, big ones whatever. that are always talked about would be the T and the K, the W and the V sound, or the L and the R sounds. Um, like, what you're, like you were just saying. Sorry, did you say the T and T, the K? K L R W and V. Okay. Yeah. Um what was I gonna say? Like you're saying, they had to use the alphabet that they had. That's the that's the only language that that's the only knowledge they have mm-hmm. is of English and their mm-hmm. alphabet. So they're trying to piece together these they're trying to pick letters, <laughs> consonants that um, and the vowels that they th- that they're hearing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they're going to be limited, mm-hmm. and so, um, I mean, from my own, what I think, what happened is, well, maybe this is good to say. F- from my relationship with with some people in the how community, and being around it enough, um, I can absolutely see how. A missionary who just came is listening because their language they they'll use the T and the K mm-hmm. and, and it'll be in one word right so if it said like it, Hawaiian nowadays would be like but they could say and it's very slight mm-hmm. but and that's just one sentence but you imagine them just ripping off non-stop mm-hmm. and you're trying to pick out was that a T? Was that a K? Was that two T's and a K? Right? <laughs> and they're... Like I said, they put... From 1820, they put out the written language within a decade. 
and it, and even if you think as a 10 year old kid right if you have a decade to learn everything about a language yeah right a 10 year old kid compared to a 30 year old or adult a 50 or, or a 60 50 60 right? they have a an absolute like way better well, command over the over their language and that's so, even starting from scratch like if you're if you were born into a family that spoke yeah, it for generations yeah, and generations yeah, yeah. so we're talking like not even a percentage they're not even close right they're not they're not prepared to do it they're buried there i think it's even less than a decade they do it. it's like a few years mm-hmm. right and then they put out the thing so you have essentially adults who only know their english language who um are immersed in the language yeah. um but a few years is definitely not enough to, to understand what you're hearing mm-hmm. and why they're using different letters here and there so that's something to think about the other thing is the, um, the Nihau dialect has been passed on from generation to generation orally. To this day. To this day. So, um, it's definitely evolved since 1820, but they've had the least amount of contact with the Americans and, uh, and visitors coming here. Been isolated on Nihau, so it's been, a, it's been a natural evolution of the language and not a forced one Mm -hmm. so and i've heard at least one woman say that this is the this is hawaiian this is what our ancestors all spoke woman not just one woman sorry yeah (laughs) that this is the language of the islands and everybody every other island changes for ours essentially Mm -hmm. so i would venture i'd venture to say that back in 1820 it sounded a lot more like that it, even Kamehameha when he signs his name he signs it with a T alright Kamehameha interesting interesting yeah. why would it yeah, and right? I went and to Kamehameha yeah, it should have been <laughs> it should have been so there was definitely there was it all T's was it a sparse use of them was it mostly I'm not sure but the Nihau community uses both and now I'm getting off topic here. Because <laughs> you just love talking about the Nihau community. But we were talking about how, you know, timeline, right? So the missionaries come, they start mm-hmm. tra- making it a written language with their understanding um, how wide or limited it was. Right. And so things, limited for sure. Some things, you know, they probably spoke better than us because they were so mm. immersed in it. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. They probably spoke better than me. And uh, things started changing we can assume like the or um oh right i forgot that that's what i was going to talk about so the t's in the case mm-hmm. they choose only case okay why i'm guessing because they couldn't distinguish between the two uh-huh. and it sounded well, they couldn't similar distinguish enough well that enough. they were like yeah. oh let's just use the case and then the w and the v they choose the w whereas in uh-huh. other with other um it's austronesian languages i should say they'll use a v mm-hmm. right because it is more of a v sound and well, it's English. an in between so so they pick <laughs> the, they just they pick, pick one. the k over the t they pick the w over the v they pick the l over the r sound and you'll still hear r's in the yeah, yeah. yeah okay wrong. um why i would just i i, I th- if they were smart and doing it logically i would think that they picked those because they were m- 
it was more often like they heard them more than the other. Oh, okay. I would think. Yeah. Or they were just fed up with it, couldn't really get it, so they just picked. <laughs> Could have been yeah. either one. Yeah. I don't know. Could have been yeah. another option. I'm yeah. just guessing. Um, so written, when you call it the newspapers, when they start putting out newspapers, um, almost 15 years later, 1834, I think. Um, there's there's no T. In the newspapers. There's no, for Hawaiian words, though you'll see it for English words oh, and really? I didn't other know words that. like that. Okay. I mean, I've seen other documents when sometimes it'll be thrown in there, uh-huh. but it's not. You say the new standard became. The standard is K's. Mm-hmm. It's written W's. with a K. It's written with a W. It's written with an L. L. All of the words that would have those uh-huh. consonants. And then, then so 1834, I think, and the newspapers go on for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Hawaiian language yeah. newspapers. So, till I think, I can't remember, 1944 or 5, something like that. Um, but but all the first yeah. newspapers are produced, ran by missionaries, English speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, ones like. How do you know that? Kikumu Hawaii, Kalama Hawaii. Those are the names of the newspapers. How do I know? Yeah, how do you know the missionaries were the ones who wanted to start newspapers? And... Oh, I don't know if they wanted to. They did. How do you know? How do you Even know? if it... Well, I've been... I've learned about it. Mm. Like, from professors who studied it. And even if I hadn't... If you read those early newspapers, they're extremely... Um, they chastise um, Hawaiians like you wouldn't believe mm. because of the religion because of their practices yeah. the way that they think you know yeah. I was they've just rolled, they think they've rolled up on heathens and yeah. sinners of the worst sort and that comes out in those writings you mm-hmm. so the voice you, you can tell by the voice the that voice it's probably not written by a Hawaiian for sure yeah I mean they're definitely I'm, they definitely helped right yeah okay and then later on I think in like the 18th 50s, 60s, then you start seeing Hawaiian-produced newspaper companies. Mm-hmm. Which, what, are, what are some of the names of those? Things? Um, I think there's a, there's a number of them. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, from my, and I've studied them for years now, when you read the, the missionary-produced ones and then you read the Hawaiian-produced ones, the language, you can see how much English thought and translation is mm, going into those versus yeah. the Hawaiian produced ones um, although you'll have back and forth a Hawaiian writing in under a, uh, like an, a missionary or a, 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 I'm trying to think of a word do you know what I like mean? A, I guess a, like okay holiday newspaper and then a Hawaiian newspaper right so you have Hawaiians writing under the holiday newspaper and oh, then okay. you have holidays writing in Hawaiian newspapers so sometimes you get some weird stuff where it's more it's heavily influenced by English and then others and by that time now English people English speakers have been around for a generation so it starts to come into the language and affect it so the newspapers uh, I did want to put in here a really great resource. Molo says he's been studying it for years, so what he means, he doesn't go to some archive 
from <laughs> at a library to pull out these old records, but nope. there there's newpepa.org or the one he we use more so now is yeah. papakilodatabase.com, I think. I forget. I, think it's I just com. have it bookmarked. Papakilo database. You can Google that. Uh, you can do a advanced search, special newspaper search, and you can search for words. When you get past words, it gets a little more tricky, yeah. you know, because this isn't like Google. It's a little more <laughs> primitive in the search options, but you can it's search. It's not super user friendly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is what we use when we uh, we want to know how a word was used. We find it in Vehevehe and then we're like, well, how was this word actually used? We'll try to look for it in newspaper articles. And mm. like like our newspapers today, they talk about everything in the newspaper. So pretty much if it was a word that was used at that time, it's in a newspaper. Mm-hmm. So it's a really great resource for trying to piece together Mm. how words were used in certain situations, how they evolved even, because you can see, oh, they used, like, colors at least. We, we looked up colors before. They had a word for, like, violet. You remember the word they used for violet? I just remember seeing it, and I was like, oh, that looks like violet in English, but it was, like, Hawaiianized. And I thought it was interesting. It probably be just Wailika. It was probably something, something like, like that. that. But I was just thinking it's interesting, because in my time learning Hawaiian, I, I've never heard that word mm-hmm. i've heard palu and palonu and other mm-hmm. words but anyways you can just you learn a lot from the newspapers so that's a really great resource um but the the missionaries they started writing newspapers and then i guess the next big thing that i want to talk about is when when was hawaiian not allowed to be spoken in school so what are the events that kind of transpired to getting there because i feel like that's the big punch of how we are where we mm-hmm. are now I mean, the it was the Hawaiian Kingdom was already the Hawaiian Kingdom. Bef- uh, I guess it was called that after Kamehameha the first conquered the islands because before there was more like four kingdoms, with separate big chiefs on the islands, on those islands. Um, I'm just sorry. I just I'm so surprised you know all this. I've read a lot of stuff. I'm just smiling studied. real big right now because I'm like I didn't even know you knew any of this. Yeah. I keep a lot of the knowledge inside. Um, that is the first time I'm so, hearing these things too. Um, and it, so anyway, so we'll go to the we'll do the what is it? we'll do the dates. I guess eighteen twenty eighteen twenty missionaries come. Eighteen thirty four, new, first newspaper is put out. Eighteen forty forty three, I want to say, is when uh, Britain and France bring the Hawaiian kingdom into the what was it called family of UN it's UN now but oh. it was called it's gone through a few different names and okay. I forget which one it was at the time I want to say like the family of nations or something like that mm-hmm. so they're the first non-European country to be part of that mm-hmm. so they're they're like officially legally recognized as mm-hmm. a country sovereign to their own that's in 1843 um a number of times before and after that um people tried to overthrow um the monarch and you know take over the, the country um americans were successful at that finally in 1893 mm-hmm and in 1896, 
is oh, 96 or 98. It's one of those where they now Americans who have um, occupied the country um, and have never left. So they're still here. <laughs> and you can see that because they have this is like the most occupied. This has the most um, milita- military personnel on any given state even though we're not part of the United States technically because they occupied us now I'm going off on a different topic but I'll be for people, another day when we get Dr. Kianusai on you here can, you can get the book Uomokia by Dr. Kianusai and learn all about that um, so yeah 1896 or 98 they this the fake state now institutes it is it's illegal to um, speak Hawaiian in schools. They actually make it illegal. I'm pretty sure. Okay, in schools. In schools. But that's a huge move. And uh, even up to that, I think it, even up to that point, I mean, Hawaiian's being used um, in courthouses. Mm-hmm. It's been being used in uh, schools. Schools, yeah. It's. I mean, it's, it's the language. It's the People language came here. here and they learned and they Hawaiian, learn Hawaiian in order to survive. do business and transactions yeah. and everything here. Yeah. They adapted to right. here. And then there's this switch, um, which was done because they were trying to, from what I've heard, like brainwash Hawaiians into indoctrinate really them. indoctrinate them. Yeah. It's a better word. It's <laughs> more politically friendly, probably. Indoctrinate Hawaiians into believing that they really had become a part of the United States. Yeah. So this was all a move to... Well, Okay. Just think about this, though, right? Everybody at that time, excluding really small kids that don't have the ability to understand that kind of thing, of the what was happening politically, and um, say a, a seventy-year-old kupuna is living at the time. Yeah. That she knows that they're a country. Yeah. They've been a country for most of her life, and then all of a sudden. You're, you're you're being occupied by the U.S. Mm-hmm. Your queen is forced out, and now they're taking over. Yeah. It's gonna be really hard to convince that woman that she's American and that she lives in America yeah. when she knows she does not, yep. and she knows she is not American. Period. However, you kick Hawaiian out in the school system and you teach her grandkids. Yeah. And, so you indo- and you indoctrinate so them. You take down the Hawaiian flag. You raise the American flag up. You uh-huh. teach them the Pledge of Allegiance. And you at this time... beat them for speaking Hawaiian. Right. Then you have a better chance there. Yeah. And at the same time, right, um, Hawaiians... I mean, sorry, hula's being banned. Like, it cultural... had been banned before. Oh, it was banned yeah, during... Prior. That was during religion changing, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's Long been before. a lot of, like, King suppression. The reason why he's called the Merry Monarch is because he reinstates it. Okay. He brings Hula right. back from the underground. Right. It, it was still going on. But there's been a lot of suppression of Hawaiian language and Hawaiian culture. And I don't know how they could have been so smart to know to take away the language. Because that really is, like, cutting out the lakes from underneath. They had done it before. Okay, they had done I mean, it before. <laughs> Any uh, any kind of colonizer nation has done it, or someone's done it before. It was already known. You want to destroy a nation, you take away their language. I'm pretty sure that was a quote from someone. 
Something like that. <laughs> well, it... It worked. It's, okay. Well, I mean, it worked to some extent. Because, like I said, it was hula. Even though it was it was banned, they were still doing it. Because when Kalakaua mm-hmm. takes power and well, it reinstates it, like it's okay to do it. And yeah. it brings it out. And then everybody comes out of the woodwork. And it's like, oh, I guess it wasn't... Because you guys weren't listening 100%. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Thank kept, goodness for those people, yeah. right? So same thing with the language, the language, though. Yeah. That's why, in, like I said, with uh, Kaleo Hawaii and the other, and Clinton Kanahele, and yeah. all these people that are doing interviews in the 70s, yeah. you have all these people that can rip in Hawaiian, and it was their first language. And we're thinking now in our generation, like, what? How? But mm-hmm. even though it was illegal until 1978, I believe, it was wow. still. Wow. So from 1896, 98 till 1978, that wasn't even it's like illegal. that long ago. Yeah, so I guess that was within you. You have a few generations within there, yeah. Right from that time, and people are Hawaiians are still speaking it, whether it's illegal, like in the court system, like what's there's a word for like all that, um, the government, uh-huh. right? You can't use it, but people are obviously speaking it in their houses and everywhere else because it's still living, right? So, there's a lot more. <laughs> what? No, I just, I got excited when you're like, it's still living, because this is true. Still and living, meaning from one, right? And orally, from mom to child, child which is something so on, that but, we feel very strongly about, because uh, there's people that go to school as a child to learn Hawaiian, but it's nothing like when it's in your home when it's the language you learned from your parents who learned it from from their their parents parents who like this unbroken you know transference of the language the meaning the thought is just only you can only you can't learn that in school it has to be learned through that's that's what we categorize as far as still living that's a good thing to point out uh, and so, so what we categorize as actual native speakers. Native speakers, right? Because uh, although our kids are going to be speaking, well, PD speaks already. Yeah. She's getting it from second language speakers, and our parents and grandparents didn't give it to us. Yeah, the so. line was broken. Which is so. why we <laughs> spent we spent a lot of time listening to native speakers and Being developing and getting, you know, developing and uh, obtaining more relationships with current native speakers yeah. that are living today. In a way, they're well, not in a way, but they're for sure heroes for keeping it alive. Like, yeah. like those other practitioner Hawaiian culture practitioners who, underneath it all, n- believed in and kept it alive mm-hmm. for so long. So, I guess that leads to where we are perfect to where we are today. In the way <laughs> the language is the way it is, uh, we had it's kind of gone through a lot. <laughs> The language know, itself, yeah. The language itself, it's gone through a lot from being passed through the missionaries' hands to uh, being banned in schools and discouraged to be spoken. I mean, going back to the story I shared about this mother that I spoke to, she she's only, she's probably similar to our age, so she grew up very much in a society of American thought and mostly English speakers, or, yeah, majority English speakers, right? But she still, she recounted that experience to be really traumatic in her childhood, of not being 
accepted for speaking Hawaiian. So I kind of lost my train of thought where I was going with that. But like just the absolute, like what our our kupuna went through during that time period to have to have to where we are now that they don't they didn't pass it on like it it must have been just so I, I remember stories I've heard from Kaleo Hawaii where they're like yeah I was beaten I had to write on the chalkboard like so many times I won't speak Hawaiian I won't speak like they were it was so such a horrible experience what they had to go through to that they didn't think or they didn't want to or they chose not to have their children speak it you know for some of them. For some of them. For I would say for most of them. Otherwise, we'd all speak it. <laughs> you for know. some or the majority, maybe. For the majority. Say, but not all. Not all. But for the majority, I don't speak it because it wasn't passed down. Why was it not passed down? It it wasn't valued uh, or wasn't... Yeah. I, I don't know. It wasn't... There wasn't enough people speaking it yeah. in my family to keep it going. Well, Who knows? But... I think a lot of that reason you still hear it today when people are asking, like few degrees in Hawaiian language or Hawaiian studies like what are you going to do with that Hawaiian language is right? it going to get you yep. anything it's not going to get you anywhere yeah right well that was even stronger and like our, our grandparents generation right. especially when it was the time to go to school and be academic yeah more well, so well yeah the, I mean baby boomers right that's where they um, college was everything and they also get the security the uh, social security and mm-hmm. so those things are all investments and really held high and highly regarded for them yeah. whereas obviously now it's a little different <laughs> we're a lot different yeah so that whole thing of hawaiian language is, is gonna, it's not going to do anything for you was even i mean it's still around today i still hear it but yeah. it's not as prevalent i think as it was then so yeah. plus but i also feel like we don't hang around people <laughs> like a lot of our the groups have changed to the people we spend time with well so maybe <laughs> mostly because of coronavirus oh just... well obviously that but i feel like i haven't heard it so much in the recent years because we spent tend to spend more time now around people who value the language so they're not going to be asking well well malu what are you going to do with your hawaiian degree that's true you know we think we found more people that do see the value in it and in language true but i guess I knew I wanted to talk about this because I think it's valuable to understand the history of the language in correlation to learning it today. Uh-huh. But do you have, in your opinion, why? How does knowing the history of the language help in learning the language today? Um, I think native. Okay, you got native speaker Hawaiian, or what I would term as Olelo Makuhine, because that's what I've heard them term it as. Um, believe the Niihau community will call it Olelo Kanaka. And then Olelo Niihau for people that don't even know what that is. Um, and then Olelo Hawaii is what you hear now, right? You hear it coming out of uh, Ahapuna Leo, Kulakayapuni, Hilo, Manoa, Kamehameha. Basically, anybody that you think, like, that you know that speaks, connection to school probably. is most likely speaking Olelo Hawaii. Which was another name for it was Olelo Kulanui, which you you have Kupuna that you can hear them talk about that. Where I'll name one person, Kainoa Wright, is one Kupuna who, in an interview, being interviewed by a second language speaker, she's sitting with two other Kupuna and they're talking about the Hawaiian language. 
And she says, and this is her first language, right? Hey, speaker. She says, she has mm-hmm. no interest in all little Hawaii. But she cares about all little Makuhine. That's her language that her mother gave to her. And that's why it was called that, because the mother would give it to the kid. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? Yeah. Mother's Mother tongue. Um, and that's in the 90s when she says that. So not too too long ago. So um, for me, we, I mean, you're still lucky. We're still blessed that you have native speakers around. And not only the Nihau community, you have others. Um, you could probably have to find a lot more if you went and searched. So you have two options, in my opinion. Um, you can do your best to learn Olelo Mokuahine. Listen to, you find any and everything you can from native speakers. You assimilate the way they speak. You use the words they use. Immerse yourself in that language. Stop trying to translate things from English into Hawaiian. Um, and find native speakers to, that you can be around with too. Or at least people that have a relationship with them. Um, or you learn Ololo Hawaii, which is second language speakers. Some of them, a few, have spent time with, very few, I should say, have spent time around a living native speaker. And even amongst all the resources that we have of native speakers, with their voices being videotaped, newspapers, it's almost as if they don't exist in, in the the renaissance. Well, maybe in the beginning, the renaissance of the language, but it's moving further and further away from them. Which makes no sense, in my opinion. If And this is why, you know, your question of how, how important is it or how does knowing the history of the language yeah. influence you learning the language? Well, Hawaiian was an oral language passed on from mother to child, from tutu to grandchild, all that, right? Yeah. In an unbroken line. So that's the history of the language. So how does it make sense that we cut those native speakers out whose language it is, who know it better than us, who sound better, my goodness, <laughs> everything better. <laughs> and we want to, and, and for, I don't know if it was a group or a person who's strategically tried to cut them out yeah. of the Hawaiian language movement, or if they just let it go and they let the native speakers fall on the wayside and put them to the side and and now the second language speakers are have been heading it yeah. from the beginning of the renaissance even when native speakers were more involved they were yeah. still running everything so the knowing the hawaiian hawaiian language history it should influence you yeah. learning it and how you go about doing that um well just just from the history itself it's almost repeating but we're doing it this time exactly where initially it was the americans that came in and they changed our language okay it was influenced and changed but now we have 
we are, you know, don't have the oppression of, well, I don't know about oppression, but it's allowed and there's a renaissance happening. But like you said, where are the native speakers and how are they not front and center in yeah, everything? Exactly. And how are we not turning to everything that they say while they are still living? And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't even know how long we can say that. Like, mm-hmm. with every generation, I mean, I don't know how many people end up staying on how for their whole life to be. Yeah, very few. You know, and it, as they get more and more, as they start living in Kauai or other places, they start getting more influenced by Ola mm-hmm. Hawaii and yeah. other things. So, English, as far yeah. as native Makuahine speakers, like, we don't have all the time in the world to... Yeah capitalize and utilize yeah. their knowledge their voices for sure even if they were all gone i'm so shocked at the just the uh, we have so much we have well we have more than enough uh resources where you can listen to them yeah use the words they use change your accent your intonation the way you pronounce things all that your thought process the way that you express a thought yeah. it's a world it's a completely different language and okay. from completely different and even the novice will be able to pick that up right away if you give them an, if you <laughs> play a recording of a second language speaker and you play a recording of it's a complete, completely different yeah. So, learn from native speakers. Yeah. I mean, and okay, not a lot of people have, or think they have, or know that they have, all these native language resources. Um, which we just updated this week. Yeah. On thank goodness <laughs> on for this, website. we didn't even find that out to correlate with this, but we just updated on our website all the resources that are out there. And oh my gosh, there and are so many, and there's put. more. But these are the, the free and available. Right, that Malu has gone through years, years still finding hunting down stuff. finding these resources, and he even breaks it down into right in sections of native speakers and non-native speakers, so that you have before starting you in your option. mind you you know, and I think maybe if anything, this is really to help you know that there is more, like not to just say oh Olala Hawaii, like I speak Olala Hawaii, I haven't gotten even close to sounding and all those things well but i think both of us would be classified as such as a little hawaii speakers right but i i just think to learn from all of them right i think that now we have the knowledge the history the means like the internet is an incredible mm-hmm. resource of getting mm-hmm. out true like getting out truth right that's what we have now can you imagine if they were trying to overthrow back in what they did before in our day and we were showing it to the world it probably wouldn't have happened you know Mm -hmm. we have so many we have these huge tools and resources to to uh fully restore or i don't know the term we want to use but we have a lot now we've been given a lot now and so much was taken away who's to say this isn't the generation or the time to really use all our tools and our kupuna, the ones that are still living, to give this language, I, I don't know, give it back, or I don't know what phrase to use, um, other than to look to the native speakers. And when you're learning, if you just to keep that in mind, always keeping that in mind, like Olala Hawaii, Olala Makuhine, what are you listening to? 
how can we become how can we pronounce and uh intonate <laughs> is that the word more like intonation yeah yeah just to speak like a native speaker just sound like i'm just easy way to say basically say it yeah. sound like i'm at the very least i think we should head for that goal yeah and i think now we 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 have the tools and means of doing mm-hmm. so so that should be the goal that's our goal that's your goal for sure my goal that's our goal but i think it, people should be given the choice to some people i think majority of people that i talk to have no idea of the difference most even kids at the college at Manoa that where i'm going mm-hmm. i'm shocked that a kid that's been going to school for three years trying to learn the language that has never listened to kaleo hawaii that's a real story wow. this kid was uh, sitting in class what class um, like a, whole, a Hawaiian language class, level three hundred. Uh-huh. Um, not a core class, an elective. And uh, he sat next to me for like the first week. Just coincidence. I mean, we just sat there, wherever. Just sat wherever. And uh, in that week, he asked me, he's like, "Where'd you learn from? You sound your your language sounds a lot different." Um, then I told him, I was like, "Oh, I just listen to a lot of native, native speakers." I record my voice, um, but and then I try to make it sound more like theirs. I try to use the words they use and not the new words that have been mm-hmm. made up. Um, You're saying he hadn't heard of Kaleo Hawaii. Yep. And so he, I was like, you know, like Kaleo Hawaii. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> and, I, and I just like turned to him with my wi- my eyes wide open like, what? What do you mean you don't know? You're studying the language. Have none of your teachers, nobody's told you about this huge collection of native speakers i don't know so i gave him everything right there i was like i'm gonna give you this site i'll give you this one yeah go listen oh actually this week i got to talk to him yeah and at that class he could barely put together a sentence without looking at a paper he would write everything down on this paper that he was gonna say in front of the class and then just have it there and look at it from time to time while he was trying to speak and look back and refer. Yeah. I just talked to him last week and he can speak. He can actually speak. Uh-huh. Nothing in his hand, nothing. And I asked him, I told him, your language has gotten a lot stronger. What did you do? And he's like, I just listened to you. I was like, what do you mean? He's oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this story. It doesn't look good for me. It doesn't look good for you. Yeah, so I could be... I'm not getting a big head. I'm just telling oh. the story. But um, I was like, what do you mean just listen to me? He's like, well, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of those native speakers and your podcast and, yeah, just you helping out a lot just to see all that. Mm-hmm. You because you pointed him to native speakers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's listening to my podcast more than... Whatever, yeah. You know, the recordings of Kaleo Hawaii, but... He's doing both. Yeah. But I told him again. I was like, don't listen to me. Listen to them. Yeah. But your language has obviously improved. Yeah. Within four months. So, people are doing it. Maybe it's people are catching on. But yeah. he has he didn't even have the option. He was three years into his degree here. And nobody had given him the option. Oh, do you want to learn from native speakers? You want to mm-hmm. learn more so old and mahuhine? No, you're just going to learn this one. We're not even going to tell you about that. Well, and maybe they didn't know. Maybe they weren't taught. You don't know. 
So uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying. Right. So I summarizing. think perfect for this week because we have completely updated the resource page on our site. So if you go to our site, go to the menu. Kaulumaika.com is our site. You click on menu and then under the menu about us, then it's going to say Hawaiian language resources. You click on that link and you will see a very long list. Not pretty yet because it's mostly, it's um, just rich with resources. Lots and lots of links to native speakers and other resources that are very helpful so i would definitely say if you've taken the time to listen to this think about the history think about your own family history because every family Mm -hmm. has their own story Mm -hmm. of where the language was kept and where it was lost and you know do some research into your family history into how that what that was like for your family and why try to understand that and then moving forward make some conscious decisions about what you're gonna do for yourself and for your kids and how you're and who you're going to look to for the source and listen to us now <laughs> look to native speakers and kupuna for the source of Hawaiian language and you have anything that's it okay i don't think there's anything else that we could say nothing else okay i hope that it's clear on <laughs> where we stand true. and what they can do yeah yeah so. You have a lot more resources than your parents did. So don't chew them out because they didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how young or how or old you are. But you, we have a lot more options and resources yeah. that we can actually learn it. I think, yeah. So thanks so much for listening. Reach out to us this week because this was a really fun podcast already. I'm really excited to share this. So please reach out to us on Instagram. Ka'alala, Hawaiian at Home, or Ka'ulamaika to let us know what you thought about what we shared today. And even if you want to just reach out to us and share your family story about the language, that would be really wonderful to hear. Aloha. Aloha. Thank mm-hmm. you.